0: Welcome to Wisdom and the Word podcast, the show that not only answers your questions from God's Word, but equips believers with the foundational truths for their faith. We're excited that you've taken time to join us and hope that today's content is valuable to you. In today's episode, Pastor Wiley answers a listener's question from the Bible. Welcome to the thoughtful Thursday edition of Wisdom in the Word. Uh, today we'll be answering your questions, uh, user submitted questions and uh, we hope that these questions will prove to be a help and a blessing to you in your walk with the Lord and a better understanding of the Bible. Uh, today we'll be looking in Jud- judges chapter number 20, judges chapter number 20 for our first question. The first question is this, why did God not let the people win the battle in judges 20? Why did God not let the people win the battle in Judges 20? Had the Benjamites turned from God? All right. So in order to be able to get an idea of what has happened here, um, let's we got to go back a little bit earlier on into the previous chapter um, and kind of give you a little bit of a, a story here. Um, in this <clears throat> particular passage, Um, You go back into uh, uh, chapter number 19, um, we find some men traveling through. Now, remember, the time of the judges, people were doing things which was right in their own eyes. There was no king. There was nobody really keeping law. And so people were doing whatever they wanted to do. It was a terrible time in the nation of Israel's history. Um, In this particular text, we find um, in that that passage, verse 19 tells us the story that there's some people traveling. And uh, the Bible says um, in verse number uh, two, uh, his concubine played the whore against him and went away from him under her father's house to Bethlehem, Judah, and was there four whole months. Her husband arose and went after her to speak friendly unto her. And so we've got these people, and they travel. You'll notice in verse um in verse five, and it came to pass on the fourth day when they arose early in the morning, that he rose up to depart, and the damsel's father said unto his son-in-law, Comfort thine heart with a morsel of bread, and afterward go your way. And so they travel, and as a result, there as a result of this travel, they're sojourning. And when they sojourn, they so sojourn um, through the 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 land of Benjamin. They're in the in the land here, this area of the Benjamites. Now, according to what happens here in this text, and I'm just going to kind of summate it for you. The men of Gibeah uh, have proven to be wicked and ruthless people for their solicitation of the men traveling through and for the ill treatment of that man's concubine. Um, when they come into this area, the men of Gibeah want to lie with uh, the men ha- ha- are sojourning through. And then um, the man gives him instead the concubine who they take and treat ill and abuse. It almost seems as though uh, they kill her and leave her for dead. and And of course, when this happens, this man is upset it. And um, he takes what's left over of the concubine and he divides it into pieces and he sends it all over the nation of Israel to all the tribes. And when the news of what has happened, this wickedness reaches the other tribes, a large army gathers to bring justice to this situation. Um, And so the men of Israel are now going to set themselves at variance with the uh, men of uh, the, the Benjamites, which is where Gibeah was located. The Benjamites, End up fighting. So uh, the men of Israel come to the men of Benjamin and say, Give us the Gibeah, the men of Gibeah, so that we can bring justice upon what has happened for this man's concubine and this concubine and this wickedness. Well, the Benjamites refuse. And as a result, they end up going to battle. The men of Israel, who are trying to defend this man who sojourned through, Benjam- through the, the, the area of the Benjamites in the land of Gibeah, are, are, are going to fight against the Benjamites who refuse to give up the men of Gibeah for their wickedness, okay? So, according to Judges chapter number 20, verses 18 to 35, here's where we read about the story. The men of Israel, uh, again, attacked the men of Benjamin, okay? They They laid siege where Gibeah was located. And in the story, the men of Israel lose twice on consecutive days, even though God had told them to go. So um, we find in this text that they go um, uh, up to the men of Benjamin, and the Bible says... um, In verse number 18, the Bible says, And the children of Israel rose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, Which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of uh, of Benjamin? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up first. And so they went and they lost. And then the second time they go in and the Bible says um, in verse uh, number um, 18, Twenty-one, and the children of Benjamin came forth out of Gibeah and destroyed them down to the ground. So they lose, okay, 22,000 men, verse 22. And the and the people, the men of Israel, encouraged themselves and set their battle again in array in the place where they put themselves in array the first day. Okay, and then verse 23, they come to God again. And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until even and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, shall I go up against the battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? And the Lord said, go up against him. And the children of Israel came near against the children of Benjamin the second day. And Benjamin went forth against them out of Gibeah the second day and destroyed down to the ground of the children of Israel. Again, 18,000 men, all these drew the sword. So these 22,000 the first day, 18,000 the second day. You say, and the question is, why did God not let the people win the battle in Judges 20? Had the Benjamites turned from God? All right, so a couple of things. First off, um, the, the Benjamites had turned from God because the Benjamites refused to allow justice to be done. The men of Israel were trying to come to Gibeah in order to be able to take the men of Gibeah and bring justice upon what was done. The Benjamites stood in the way of justice and fought against their own countrymen. All right, So we know that from the story. We also know that they went to God, and why did they lose when they went and asked God? Well, it seems here what's happening, that the primary issue here is the fact that these men did not approach God through the sacrifice until the third time. All right, notice the progression here. Let's begin in verse number 18 of the text. The Bible says, and the children of Israel rose and went up to the house of God and asked counsel of God and said, which of us shall go up first to the battle against the children of Benjamin? So the first thing they did is they didn't ask God whether they should go. They asked God who should go. And so they assumed that it was okay for them to to be involved in this battle. Well, the first thing they should have done is ask God whether they should go or not. So this shows a little bit of the men of Israel's arrogance and being able to uh, presume the fact that God wants them to go. And not only did they presume that, but the second time they were more humble. You'll notice in verse 23, And the children of Israel went up and wept before the Lord until evening and asked counsel of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up again to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother? So the second time they went, they asked the question, um, should we go? A little more humble, okay, coming before God, a little tail between their legs type of situation. But they did not offer sacrifice. Now, so they go out and they get whipped again on the second day. Now, what was happening here? Well, God's way of being approached— is through sacrifice and sacrifice. So again, when they come to him in verses 26 to 28, the situation is altogether different. And the means by which God is going to give them victory is through the offerings and through the sacrifice. Verse 26, then all the children of Israel and all the people went up and came into the house of God and wept and sat there before the Lord and fasted that day until even and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. Now, this is the way they should have come at the first. This is the way they should have come initially. And the children of Israel inquired of the Lord, for the ark of the covenant of God was there in those days. And Phinehas, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, stood before it in those days, saying, Shall I yet again go out to battle against the children of Benjamin, my brother, or shall I cease? And the Lord said, Go up, for tomorrow I will deliver them into thy hand. The first time that God actually guarantees them victory. He gave them leave to be able to make the battle but he didn't give the promise of his victory. And so finally he does. So here we see them. They fast all day up until the evening. They present their burnt offerings, their fellowship offerings. And again, this is significant. For they had not offered up sacrifices until now. They were finally approaching the Lord in the very way that he had appointed through the substitute sacrifice. That's the way God is to be approached. And by the way, you can try and approach God in many, many different ways today. But the way that God is going to be approached is through the substitute sacrifice of his only son, Jesus Christ. The only means by which you can have victory is not to presume victory of yourself or not just to come to God and be humble because you got beat, but to come to God on the basis of the way that he tells you to come on the basis of the shed blood, the atonement, the reconciliation with God that is needed through the offering of what Jesus Christ has accomplished as Calvary. So God accepted the substitute sacrifice in behalf of the person approaching him. And in this case, on behalf of the, of the army. So this was a clear sign that the soldiers were repenting, seeking the face of God, which we talked about last episode, to forgive their sins, to accept, to reconcile to him. Um, All of this was happening as a result of uh, their offering that they had made to the Lord. And so we find in Judges 20, the story, the men of of Benjamin, again, they they were standing up in the face of justice. They were protecting the wicked men of Gibeah. Uh, It seemed like they had won. This was a very difficult area. We could go into the battle, how it took place. This was kind of like a bottleneck uh, where they could protect themselves with a small number. Um, and again, the way that they end up beating them is, is interesting is if you read, uh, beginning in, uh, verse number 29, all the way down through verse number 35, it tells us how they won the victory, uh, in this, but, uh, the important thing here is the reason why they did not win is because they did not approach God in the way that God told them he wanted to be approached. They knew the right way. They needed to seek him. They need to come before him. They need to come through him through the sacrificial offerings. And if they would do so, God would then not only give them the, the ability to go, but also the ability to win and uh, promise them a victory, which he does there um, in verse number 28. Okay. So that's a question there from Judges chapter 20, verses 18 to 35. Now I'm just going to tell you, our second question is a very long question. I'm going to read it to you today. And um, unfortunately, we're going to have to leave you with a cliffhanger um, because it, it's going to take some time to be able to unwrap and unfold. And I don't want this to be a 40-minute uh, podcast. So let me just read to you the question, okay? We as believers always say everything is from God. But what about times of turmoil, hardship, and trials? For instance, Job. God allowed Satan to do whatever he wanted to do to Job, short of ending his life. So would it be fair that, to say that Satan is the one that orchestrated all the loss, turmoil, and destruction in Job's life? If we say and believe everything is from God, would we have to say that God did those things to Job? I understand that God allows things to happen to us, to stretch us, mature us, to test our faith. But at what point would it be Satan taking over and causing us grief? We've, we even say things like, Satan is the one bringing up your past, your past failures, your past mistakes. We think of the song, It's Under the Blood, and how the first verse is in reference to Satan bringing up your past sins. He's referred to in the Bible as the old accuser. I wonder if we have lost the view that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Sometimes I believe Christians forget about the warning Peter gives us in 1 Peter five eight about the devil being a, a roaring lion. For that matter, Paul even tells us who we battle against, the Ephesians 6.12. I believe that's why many believers have a hard time when things happen, because they aren't heeding the warning Peter gives us about being vigilant. So back to my question. Would it be correct in saying God allows Satan to attack a believer's life, like in the instance of Job, which during that time Satan is in control? As we watch Satan's work throughout the world today, after all, isn't Satan on the lookout to conquer, destroy, and kill? Not wanting anyone to come to salvation, but also to create chaos in a believer's life, to get them to turn away from God? As many do when heartache and turmoil comes in their life, they just walk away. Yet you have said on more than one occasion, if you think your life is so sufficient that Satan is targeting you, then you think too highly of yourself or something to that effect. You also mentioned Satan cannot be everywhere like God, which I understand, but Satan does not work alone. What about the other fallen angels? Satan has to have some power. Yes, I believe that he is not allowed to attack us without God's permission. I have to believe the warnings we receive from the word of God to be vigilant about him is, is there for us to take heed. He's, he's out there. I'm not sure why I'm questioning this. I think Satan or his followers do try to hinder our walk with the Lord. And to say he isn't that interested in my walk is like saying you don't need to worry about Satan. Yet we are warning God's word. Isn't that a part of spiritual warfare? Isn't he the one that causes chaos in our lives? And So really, we want to wrestle with a couple things here. We want to wrestle with hardship, suffering, trials. The cause of it, where it comes from. This is one of the Achilles heels, uh, so to speak, of Christianity where people attack us most often is in the fact that there's suffering in the world and that God continues to allow suffering to to go on. And what about it in the life of a believer? Why doesn't God just take it away? Are we minimizing Satan? Are we minimizing Satan's work in our world by not acknowledging the fact that we are involved in spiritual warfare by blaming our flesh for some of the things that take place? And so there's a there's a big Big question. How does all this work? And so on our next episode of Wisdom in the Word, we're going to tackle this subject, the subject of suffering, hardship, Satan's work in the world, how he combats us, how what our response should be, uh, what we should have in far as faith, what, what Satan does and what our own flesh does, how all these things work together, what the spiritual warfare that the Bible talks about is and why God not only allows suffering, but allows suffering to continue in this world, in the lives of believers. It's a very difficult question, and it's a it's a multifaceted question. And Lord willing we'll answer that on our next episode of our Thursday broadcast of Wisdom in the Word. If you have any additional questions, we want to encourage you to send them to us. We're going to tackle these one at a time, even the hard ones, and we'll attempt to answer them the very best we can according to the Word of God, according to what we understand the Scriptures teach. We hope that these answers have been a help to you. We hope that you'll join us on the next Tuesday broadcast as we continue on in our study of the book of Hebrews, submit those Thursday questions to you, and we hope that the rest of your day is blessed by the Lord. Thank you for joining us today on this broadcast of Wisdom and the Word. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Wisdom in the Word podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, we invite you to support us by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show on your favorite podcast app and sharing something you've learned on social media. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope to see you next time on Wisdom in the Word.